And welcome to The Reinventors, a show about changing careers, about taking a leap. I'm journalist Claire Wiley, and each episode I speak to people who change jobs in a big way. Some quit the corporate grind to follow their creative passion. Others turn their side hustle into a full-blown company. You'll hear how they find the clarity, the courage, and the cash to reinvent themselves. Jen Mattiola worked in the fashion industry for more than 15 years, starting out as a fashion stylist and then launching her own handbag company. But stress piled up and eventually she hit rock bottom. The job went from something that gave her joy to the source of her anxiety. These days, Jen is a mindset and leadership coach. She helps people find real fulfillment in their work. We talked about how to separate what you do from who you are, so your self-worth is not wrapped up in your career. That's something that resonated a lot with me. Jen says fear of failure is the main thing that's holding us all back. So she talks about how we can shift our perspective and view failure as just part of the process. So I hope you like this chat with Jen. And if you're enjoying The Reinventors, I'd love it if you'd rate, review and subscribe. Let's get stuck into where you began your career then. So you started out as a fashion stylist, is that right? I started, yeah, way back when as a fashion stylist and then started to uh, manage a sales team in Canada as well as uh, sales and distribution in the U.S. for a global apparel brand. Okay, so tell me a bit more about that and how you kind of started out your career in fashion and where you went from there. So I went to school for marketing communications, thinking I was going to be in marketing. I fell into a uh, supporting role for a magazine and they had some Canadian fashion magazines under their umbrella because that's where I'm from, Vancouver, B.C., And from there, I got some opportunities where I was able to start as a junior sales rep. And in Vancouver at that time, this was early 2000s, there was not a lot of head offices quartered in Vancouver because usually Toronto is known for the hub. So from there, I just applied, got the job and proceeded to work for the company for over eight years. I was starting as a sales rep in Vancouver, responsible for Western Canada. And then I got promoted to managing a sales team there. And after that, they transferred me over to be looking after half of the country in the States. And after I uh, transferred to New York, then I was looking after like the Southwest and the Midwest, or I mean the Southeast and the Midwest. And then from there, it just kind of snowballed. So uh was responsible for the trade shows within the country and designing the trade show booths at the trade shows and also training the sales teams. And so from there, you went to launch your own company. That's right. So after a while, I realized that I never, I didn't want to be in corporate America anymore. I wanted to just work for myself and see if I can't do it on my own. So knowing that I knew how to get the product onto the shelves, even before creating what the product would be, I knew that I had an advantage. So I moved back to Vancouver and vowed that I would come back to the States on my own terms, not 
not chained by a work visa. And I started my handbag company. And uh, I used fair trade partners overseas to make sustainable handbags made from recycled and upcycled leather. And what was that like? Did you love having your own company after having worked in corporate America? Absolutely. In the beginning, I had what we call uninformed optimism. So I didn't know exactly what I was getting into. I knew that it required a lot of work, but I didn't exactly understand the amount of work that it would require in order to be successful. And successful meaning in order to be profitable and be paying myself a wage. So I would say I was having a great time for the first two to three years where I was just hustling my butt off, doing everything that I needed to do in order to get to the level that I wanted to be at. And that is when it started to turn. So what changed? It started to become the source of my stress and my anxiety, and it no longer gave me joy. And why do you think that was exactly? Like, what what was it that started to turn and started to stress you about running the business? I guess at that time, there was so much that needed to be done. And I had already had a great team up until that point. But due to some mistakes that I made, both in hiring the wrong personnel, uh, trusting the wrong people, overextending my finances, and being inundated with too much inventory, I was forced to lay off a bunch of people and do a lot of the work on my own. So when that happened that's when it just started to be really heavy and there was a lot of pressure and I was really hard on myself. Um, And that's when it just started to all hit me like a ton of bricks. And what did you do then? Was that the beginning of you thinking, okay, I'm in the wrong career, I'm in the wrong job, or was it just maybe I don't want to run my own company anymore? What was your thinking at that point? I think all of those things went through my head, to be honest. When you are down in the dumps, you can't get away from a negative thought spiral. That was definitely consistent when I was in that space and in that negative mindset. I didn't believe in myself. I didn't think I could do it. I thought it would be too hard. I thought I would disappoint people if I didn't make it uh, because I was borrowing money and I just thought that maybe I wasn't cut out for it and that I was going to fail all along. So being in that space obviously didn't allow me to do what I needed to do because just thinking those things really held me back. I guess I hadn't, I got to the point where I was hitting rock bottom where I knew that if I didn't do something, I was going to lose everything. Meaning, all the hard work that I'd put in up until now, uh, my relationship, because obviously I wasn't happy in my work, and then it started to permeate in my personal life as well. And I knew that if I didn't make changes, or snap out of this state, that it would just get even worse. So that's when I started to get help and support, and 
actually asking for help, knowing that I couldn't do it alone. And it got to the point where, all right, if I just put everything into this and I know that I am trying my best and it still doesn't work, then I will have no regrets because I just put everything that I have into this. Now, if I quit now, not knowing the outcome or the end of my story, then I'm definitely going to have some regrets. So at that point, I just reached out to my network, got the coaching, got the support of a community that was really honest with me and gave me great feedback in what I needed to do and also just how to change my own negative mindset. I think that was the biggest thing that was holding me back, not necessarily my lack of experience um, or business acumen, but rather how I was holding myself back. So once I got the help, then I realized that I just needed to do the work. And if I did the work rather than procrastinating and being in action, then I was going to get results that I wanted. So get out of my own way. And so finally, when I was able to change my mindset and change my perspective and reframe it as in whether or not this business succeeds or fails, it has nothing to do with my own self-worth or how others see me as either a success or failure. Once I detached that meaning to the outcome of my business, I was free to operate as I please. So after I switched it, then I was able to find joy back in the company in doing the things I needed to do. I was able to get the results, sell the rest of the handbags, and then successfully sell the company and exited. And then that's when I made my career change, ultimately. Just going back to something you said there, Jen, because that's so relevant to a lot of us, I think, that we identify so fully with our careers and our jobs that any setback or any rejection has the ability, as you said, to affect our self-worth. So how did you stop doing that effectively? How did you shift your mindset so that wasn't the case? I was only able to do that with a strong support network. To say that I was able to do it all by myself would be a complete farce because there's no way that any successful person is successful or where they are today uh, on their own. So A, good support network, and also B, just taking action no matter the direction because what often holds us back and which connects to our self-worth is the fear of failure. So many people get caught up because they don't want to fail. But every successful person will tell you they got to where they are today from trial and error. So some action is better than no action at all. Because mistakes and failures are all part of the process. You can only gain experience by doing not by thinking. So if you do something and it doesn't work, then that is simply feedback, which guides you closer to the right path. So it was really reframing your approach to what failure is and what failure actually can be, the opportunities that it might present even. Absolutely. It's 
It's understanding that failure is part of the process. Where I was making failure mean that I was a failure. So just even taking that out of the equation freed me to just do what I needed to do and take action in any direction. I guess at that point where before I had learned that, you've heard of the phrase pain is inevitable, suffering is optional. Yeah. I was torturing myself with my own thoughts, thinking that I wouldn't surmount to anything and, and all these things would mean that I would essentially let people down. When you're stuck, you usually equate a narrative or what we call a self-limiting belief to that action. And so for me, it was discovering the source to my inaction, which is procrastination, giving up or avoiding. And so once I found the source to my narrative that I was attaching to that specific task, then I was able to discover what was really holding me back, let go of it, and then actually do what I needed to do by not making it mean that. It's like when you attach your own story to something. You know, for example, if I was scared to talk to people because I was scared of being rejected, a big part of my job in order to get sales is to talk to strangers about my handbags. But I was scared of rejection of them saying no. And so every time I picked up the phone to somebody new that I was trying to sell my handbags to, I would just psych myself out and basically quit even before I started. But then after a while, once I got in my head, hey, it's a numbers game. If I make 10 calls and I make one sale, then that'll be fine. That'll be good. But I need to do a hundred calls in order to get 30% of sales. So it's like the uh, Malcolm Gladwell outliers book where he says only after 10,000 hours, you will become a master. I was expecting 10,000 hour results from say 10 hours. And I was really hard on myself about it when it comes down to, okay, well that's crazy because no one can get the 10,000 hour results without actually doing the work. And so then you went through this quite profound shift in your mindset and your framing of things and your perspective, and then you decided to wind down the handbag business. So what happened then? I took a break. I took some time to discover what would be my next path or next career move. Uh, luckily, I had the luxury with time and choice in order to make that decision with integrity. And so I just started to dig into the experience and the work that I went through in order to get to where I was today. And I realized that all the stuff that I learned in order to get unstuck, in order to get out of my funk, was only was only capable because of the work, the coaching, the support group, the community, and and the, the people that I had in my life that cared about me. So after I started to just dig in that a little bit more and help more people on like a volunteer basis, people would naturally start to come to me with certain things that they needed help with or guidance or advice in that capacity. And 
I took on some work initially, just pro bono, just to gain experience and just because I liked the work itself with relationships and with how our minds work and and how we talk to ourselves and the whole, I guess, the systems that we have created and understanding that, you know, we, we made those systems that kind of operate in the background and how we act um, still today as adults. But those were creative and we were really, really young. So just understanding that a lot of those things that we tell ourselves that I'm not good enough, that um, I'm not smart enough, and and that really comes from when we were young. So to me, that was huge and profound because before doing this type of work, I never realized that. That was all new to me, learning all that. So helping people through that and seeing the impact that I was creating and seeing how they saw themselves change and progress and become who they wanted to be to let go of the person that they always thought they were was just absolutely mind-blowing for me and it was so rewarding seeing them happier more fulfilled like bolder in their decisions and their confidence and then seeing that as a ripple effect with the people that they care about in their lives whether it's their family, their partners, and so on and so forth. That itself was so cool. And so it was at that point, you know, when you were helping uh, friends and your network doing this on a pro bono basis that you started to think uh, there could be a career here for me. Yeah, absolutely. Because I guess like any human being, when you get positive feedback, that is really nice to receive, especially when you're doing something that you enjoy. And then someone gives you feedback to, to essentially validate what you're doing and to confirm that you're good at it. Because I guess until then, you don't really know if you're good at something until you get positive feedback. And so once I started to get that and people were coming to me and letting me know that this is something that I was good at and that I was natural at and that I had really helped them or someone that they knew, then I started to think, hmm, maybe this could be something because if I'm great at it and I enjoy it, then the last piece of the puzzle to fulfillment is getting paid for it. So that was the last piece of the puzzle is making it work as far as creating income from it. Tell me a little bit about the process then of taking that passion and that skill that you were developing and turning it into a business, turning that spark into something that would make you money. Mm-hmm. A lot of where entrepreneurs and business owners get stuck are two places, strategy and execution. When you're doing all the right things to execute on the strategy and you're not getting the results, then it's the strategy that's wrong. And if you're doing all the things and you're not getting the results when you are executing, then you're doing the wrong things. So for me, when I understood that this is something that I wanted to do, then how am I going to make it into a business to make money? Well, first I need to ask myself, what do I need in order to be successful here? How do I set myself up for success? And what does someone, a complete stranger, want to see to allow them to make a buying decision about 
a service like this. So I just did a little bit of research. Of course, I talked to my personal network, colleagues, peers, and uh, potential clients as well, and the, the right target market for it. And from there, I started to create a plan. First and foremost, it's marketing. Just like you said, that's one of the hardest things a business owner can come across is marketing the right way, whether it is your message or the platform or your reach. So that is probably the hardest thing to figure out is marketing because if you have an idea, great, but how are you going to get it to the people? And how are you going to stand out in such a noisy and saturated industry? Because no matter what industry you're in, if you're starting out new, it's just really hard to get in front of eyeballs. So that was the first thing. And then second, what else do I need to be successful here? I need the credentials. People want to see where you've been, what your experience is, what decisions or, um, yeah, what has been your career path up until now. And they will decide whether they connect with you, relate to you, or want to work with you. So those things, and then I just got the training, got the experience, started initially just to take clients first pro bono, like I said, and then more at a student or introductory rate, which I treated like an internship. Whereas a lot of people are like, well, I don't want to work for free. And to me, I was essentially having people allow me to gain the experience. And reframing it like a paid internship was perfect because then I can actually gain the experience and also make a little bit of money. And then after that, once I started to gain more confidence, gain more great testimonials, then I was able to raise my rates and pivot my business to attract a different audience or uh, a more premium clientele. And that premium clientele is uh, executives and entrepreneurs. That's kind of your target client base. Is that right? That's right. And so what would you say is your approach for your clients then, you know, that, that thing, as you said, that makes you stand out in this market where there are a lot of uh, life coaches and career coaches at this time? Yeah, I would say that I focus on the practical guidance. So everything that I do works back to if you are doing the right type of work in order to directly impact the results that you want. And of course, we also work on the personal stuff that is blocking what you're not achieving professionally, like the mindset and like rituals and routines and whatnot. But ultimately, we focus on the strategy and execution of your goal plan and then breaking it down to digestible chunks in order for you to be focused and gain a lot of clarity in what's most important to you. What are some of the most common blocks or issues or things that are getting in the way of people carrying out their goals that you see in your clients? Distraction. A lot of the time, say for example, a new business owner, a client of mine is wanting to start a new fashion line, let's say. What she doesn't realize is the brand name doesn't mean a whole lot. If you think of all the best names out there, the ones that are well-known, their names don't really mean anything. 
right? So for example, Lululemon, what does that mean? Or Apple computers, I, I'm sure that didn't take a lot to create. Or Microsoft, it's not like the name is edgy and cool and relates to everyone, but rather what that company has created overall for brand value. So a lot of the times you get caught up on the things that don't really matter, but we fixate on it because we have a personal attachment to it. So if you're focusing on creating a brand name that gets you stuck, and then you're not actually doing the real work that you need to do in order to create brand value, which would be sales, getting it in front of customers, having people use the product, um, gaining distribution, putting into stores, things like that. That's the type of real work that I try to get my clients to focus on and move away from the things that don't essentially directly impact the results they want, which usually is a revenue goal. And what about if someone is stuck in their career or they feel like they're maybe not in the right role? What is one of the first things you tell them? What's What are some of the initial steps that they can take? I would say first, ask the people closest to you. They've got your back and will like will most likely be honest with you. Second, ask yourself if money weren't part of the equation, would you still be doing this? And that's how I knew I wanted to do what I do is because I was doing it for free. I was doing it outside of normal work hours. When you have that passion and that inspiration from something that you really enjoy, then the money part shouldn't matter and it will naturally fall into place because you enjoy it and because you're good at it and because you're committed to master it. So if that's not part of the equation, then that's a huge tell for me that that person is either in the wrong career or in the wrong company um, or just just on the on a different path in which they are fulfilled by. So another thing that I would ask them as well is to figure out what it is they do want to do. What does give them joy? What are they happy doing? And there could be a lot of different ideas, but for them to explore those things and see what sticks. What's your favorite part of the work you do now of being a business and leadership coach? Seeing the people change before my eyes and especially in the way they see themselves. Usually when they come to me, they have a very narrow or close-minded view of themselves. Then soon with our work together, they discover what they're actually capable of. And then they start to believe what everyone else sees in them. And being able to change the negative mindset and turn it into a positive mindset allows them to create whatever possibility they want for themselves. And then seeing that magic switch and having them create impact in the world by contributing their own gifts and talents is the most extraordinary thing that I have experienced. And is there anything from the world of fashion, from your kind of previous life, that has unexpectedly served you really well in this role? 
I'm not sure if it's unexpectedly, but I guess my eye for style and detail and the skills that I learned in sales has really transferred over to me building my own business, whether it's building my personal brand, my look, and relating to people in a way that I did back in my sales career. I think that that all has overlapped. So having done this work now and having worked with a lot of different people who are stuck and who are in the process of reframing their mindset, what do you think is holding most people back? You know, what is getting in the way of us pursuing fulfilling careers? Fear. Fear, first and foremost, and that can be many different faces of fear, but usually it is a packaged up version of I'm not enough. So I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I can't do it. I don't have enough experience. I'm too young. I'm too old. All of those phrases is basically a different version of I'm not enough, which is the source of everyone's self-limiting beliefs. Because whether you are very, very successful and make a ton of money and good looking and have the house and everything like that, that person is no different because they still go through negative thoughts that they tell themselves. A lot of times there's beautiful people that are really insecure. And so it's, it's really about changing that mindset and letting go of the stuff that doesn't isn't useful anymore and doesn't help us and and doing the things that we know make us feel good that we find fulfillment in and continuing on that path and what are some of the practical ways or maybe exercises or steps that you would encourage people to do in order to do that in order to get rid of that fear taking action no matter what it is. And by action, I mean, it could be baby steps. It doesn't have to be huge, monumental career changes like quitting your job or, or starting a whole new career, but rather dabbling into the direction that interests you. I think it all just starts with interest and curiosity. The antidote to fear is curiosity. Why we're afraid is because we're afraid of the unknown. There's this mystery or, well, uh, am I going to be good at that? Can I make something myself of that? Can I make a career in that? Those questions can't be answered by taking one move. They can only be answered by continually taking action in that direction to allow you to discover whether it is or whether it isn't something that you want to do for a living. And along the way, you figure out who you're meant to be. It's not reaching the goals or the destinations that create a person. It's who you become along the way by doing the work. That's where you really discover yourself. So taking action. If you're interested in creative or in the arts, then start doing some of that outside of your work time. And if it really fulfills you and brings you joy and you're happy doing it, then continue to do it. And then after some time, Maybe some people will be interested in buying your work. 
And then if more people start to buy it, then you get that confirmation, that positive feedback. And then from there, maybe you can take another step to maybe sell more. And then maybe you spend more time doing it. So it's just all a series of action items that you are willing to take and commit to because you're curious where this path might lead. <music> 